Welcome to PMA Takes on Tech, the podcast that explores the problems, solutions, people, and ideas that are shaping the future of the produce industry. I'm your host, Bonnie Estes, Vice President of Technology for the Produce Marketing Association, and I've spent years in the ag tech sector. So I can attest, it's hard to navigate this ever-changing world in developing and adopting new solutions to industry problems. Thanks for joining us and for allowing us to serve as your guide to the new world of produce and technology. My goal of the podcast is to outline a problem in the produce industry and then discuss several possible solutions that can be deployed today. Special New Fruit Licensing, SNFL, is a global leader in the research, development, and licensing of premium grape varieties worldwide, servicing over 900 growers across 16 countries. Through 25 plus years of experience, SNFL is committed to delivering tomorrow's varieties of table grapes today. Their proprietary in-house grape Genesis program converges agronomy with flavor, creating value for growers, differentiation for retailers, and taste for consumers. Please visit www.snfl-group.eu for more information. SNFL, delivering science, technology, and innovation in partnership with nature. We are especially happy to have SNFL sponsor this episode because of their strong presence and support in Chile in Table Grapes. This episode is focused on Chile, the largest fruit exporter in South America responsible for 60% of all fruit exports. Chile is the leading exporter of fresh blueberries, grapes, plums, dried apples, and prunes. It is also the second largest exporter of avocados, cherries, walnuts, and raspberries. Grape is the leading fruit followed by apples and blueberries. In 2019, the fruit growing sector in Chile achieved record exports of over 6.5 billion US dollars with an increase of 3.6% compared to 2018. This is a reflection of Chile's strategy of expanding into new markets, which has led to a significant increase in the number of export destinations up from 78 markets in 2003 to 129 in 2019. In the last decade, the Chilean government started to seriously consider public and private investments in the development of agricultural innovation in the country. In collaboration with the World Bank, the government implemented a plan to fund technological agricultural innovations to project the sector into the future. By 2017, the government had begun to work with farmers, private investors, researchers, and technology firms to develop functional ingredients and specialty additives of natural origin in Chile. This project had a public investment of 3.6 billion US dollars. Technology has played a big role in this boom. Technological improvements enable new varieties, earlier crops, and improved quality and shelf life for exports. In this episode, we will hear about the public-private relationships and its value to the produce industry in Chile. First, we will hear from Andres Rodriguez, the agricultural attaché to the U.S. in the Embassy of Chile. He is also a friend and prior employee of PMA. 
Andres talks about how Chile got from Ag 1.0 to now Ag 5.0. He also introduces the importance of innovation to the Ministry of Ag in Chile. Innovation is a major pillar, as we will discuss later with members from the INIA, which is the Ag Research Institute, and the Foundation of Agrarian Innovation, FIA. Let's drop into the conversation with Andres. Today, I'm currently the Agricultural Attaché of Chile to the United States and, and Canada. Uh, and I, my background in Chile was mainly related to the trade associations uh, in, in the agricultural sector. And my last role, in my last position in Chile was representing PMA uh, for, the, for the Chilean members. Great. We love that. <laughs> so um, when, when was that? When, when were you working um, with PMA in Chile? I worked uh, with PMA in Chile until mid-2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was very exciting to, to work uh, with PMA in increasing the, uh, the memberships and, and, and trying to develop more uh, interesting initiatives for for the for the for the Chilean members. Uh, we created uh, different task forces and and yeah, uh, webinars and seminars and and many different uh, things that were very interesting to to develop. So it it was a, a great challenge. Some of the listeners um, to this podcast may not be aware of what food is grown in Chile. Can you tell us what's grown there and how much is exported or if it's just grown for uh, the internal market? Well, uh, Chile is, a, as you know, is a, is a small country. Uh, we have a population of about uh, 19 million people, but uh, it, it's got a great potential of agriculture. Uh, and we mainly focus on, on export. So there is a great proportion of our agriculture that it's uh, for uh, our exports. Today, if we consider all the food sector, uh, Chile exports uh, approximately $18 billion uh, in food products. Uh, and actually, it's the, it's the second largest industry after mining. Ah. Uh, and for far is the is the main non-mining uh, industry in, in Chile. And if we consider uh, only the the, the produce uh, sector today, uh, Chile is exporting about uh, six billion dollars in in fresh fruit mainly. Yeah, basically. Uh, table grapes, cherries, blueberries, uh, stone fruits, uh, palm fruits, kiwi fruits, and some others. Great. So this podcast focuses on technology primarily. Can you talk about what technology is being developed and used in Chile in the food supply chain? Yeah, well, uh, I would say that uh, probably similar to to what has happened in the rest of the of the world. Uh, we moved from uh, agriculture uh, uh, 1.0 to agriculture uh, agriculture uh, 5.0, uh, where we had the, that transit, uh, like from the ancient <laughs> times in, of, of the of the agriculture, like the basic agriculture, 
then moving to, to the use of machines in, in the agriculture that, that was very important in Chile as well. To the, to the, you, use, you see a lot of uh, the use of machinery in the agriculture. Uh, and afterward, like moving to three, uh, agriculture 3.0 uh, with the use of uh, high-tech uh, sensors, automatization, uh, a lot of that that today you see in, on the fields and also in the, in the facilities that, uh, are, that process uh, uh, fruit in, in Chile. Um, then, like the, the agriculture uh, 4.0, like with the, with the use of uh, uh, data, uh, or like a very data-driven uh, technologies, uh, um, well, like big data, um, the, the use of, um, for example, Internet of Things, and many other uh, trends that we could see at that point. And today, uh, like even reaching the agriculture, agriculture 5.0, uh, that uh, it has more to do with the with the artificial intelligence, uh -huh. with the robotics uh, applied in, in in agriculture as well. So we have seen probably all those uh, trends. Chile uh, uh, has a very long agriculture. Uh, uh, tradition and history. So uh, we have been developing our own technologies, but also uh, importing uh, many technologies from overseas. Uh, Chile is very well connected uh, with, with, the, with the world in this regard. Actually, Chile is a very open economy. So, so we are always looking uh, for uh, new technologies, what can be uh, imported, what can be improved, what can we export also to, to other, uh, other markets uh, in, in many other fields, but also in the, in the agriculture. Uh, and I would say that uh, something that probably has been very uh, important in the last, especially in the last years, has been uh, how to be more efficient in the use of water. Ah, um, yes. Uh, so that, that has been something crucial uh, that probably with the climate change and many other factors, uh, the world is, is facing this huge uh, challenge and Chile, of course, is not the exception. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that some of the technology was is developed there in Chile. So what is the ecosystem for developing ag technology in Chile? What does that look like? And how could it be further developed so that you could have people in country developing technology for you to use that understand your market the best? Uh, well, I think that today there is a, a very, um, there is a good a environment for, for innovation in general, I would say. Uh, actually, uh, if you see the, the Chilean government, actually, uh, for example, uh, doing a Zoom in the, in, the, uh, in the Ministry of Agriculture, innovation is one of the main pillars of, of, the, uh -huh. of the Ministry of Agriculture. Um, actually, under the Ministry of Agriculture, you have uh, two main agencies that are uh, INIA, that is the Research Development and Innovation Agency, and you have uh, FIA, that is the Agriculture Innovation Foundation, uh, which mainly promotes the innovation in the agriculture sector and the agri-food 
chain. So, uh, and besides the what what the uh, what the government could do in this regard, uh, we see today that uh, agriculture is is much more uh, trendy. I would say that than before. Uh, it's uh, because usually when like years ago uh, when you were thinking about innovation probably you were not thinking necessarily about about agriculture right but today i would say that especially because chile is a uh, is important in agriculture uh, production um all the the innovation and the and the technology it's also focused in this important uh, field and important um sector for 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 tea so i would say that besides the the public what the public sector could do in this regard with funding some projects of course but but, but also uh, working together with the private sector in terms of the strategy uh, nationwide uh, and how we can approach these uh, common goals together uh, you see also that there is a different mood in general uh, in the private sector as well in the in the universities. Uh, actually, there are some uh, incubators that are uh, also uh, uh, including some some agricultural projects uh, within their portfolio, but also even seeing uh, some incubators that are uh, focusing on. Uh, agriculture specifically. So, uh, yeah, so in general, I, I would say that today there is a, 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 an interesting environment to, to uh, develop new technologies and innovations um, related to the agricultural sector. And it sounds like with, with these accelerators and these different companies, are they... Um who's investing the money to kind of get those going? Is that government or NGOs or external uh, money from outside the country? Where's the funding coming from? Well, in some uh, cases, you, you see uh, the government that it's funding uh, normally part of those uh, projects or uh, uh, depending on uh, their different models, of course. Uh, but you you see some other uh, funds coming from the private sector as well, even from these uh, accelerators uh, or like private investors that are um, interested on uh, uh, increasing the, the 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 productivity, the yields, or, or being more efficient. Uh, the use of the resources in their uh, own companies or in a certain uh, cluster uh, within the, the agriculture. So, yeah, you, you see different models, but uh, funds coming from the private and public sector for sure. Okay. Well, my last question is, um, you mentioned water and how important that is, and that's important everywhere, you know, Um so some places it's important because there's too much of it or it falls at the wrong time. But, you know, with climate change, that's changing and people are trying to respond. Um, do you think that's the most important area for technology uh, to be developed for in Chile right now? Or what what do you see really needs to be developed and, and moved along? Yeah, well, I would say that for sure, one of the main issues in Chile, it's water management. Mm -hmm. um, and as you say, probably uh, 
worldwide, you know. But uh, yeah, and but besides the the water management, that is one of the main uh, challenges. I would say that today, uh, for example, uh, producing uh, uh, with with a with less uh, pesticides, for example, mm. uh, being more sustainable in general, uh, in not only with the, with the use of uh, water resources, but also the soil erosion, for example, um, being more productive, uh, producing, uh, lowering the, the costs and, and producing more. Uh, I think that the technologies can be very helpful in, in, in all those uh, matters. Uh, and also, for example, uh, the, the traceability, that it's something that it's been a, in, a, in a trend uh, worldwide in, in agriculture. Um, I think, for example, in, and especially in the companies that are currently exporting to the, to the States, uh, it is a, a great uh, aspect to, to consider. For example, with the, with the FISMA, uh, mm. it's a must to, to be able to to uh, to have the traceability from the farms to the to the to the final uh, customer here in the, in the in the states uh, so I think that the technology the innovation could be of great help to achieve uh, those uh, goals for sure We will now hear from Stanley Best from the Ministry of Agriculture in Chile, INIA, which is the Agricultural Research Institute. Stanley talks about bringing technology to the farm and how adoption occurs. He also talks about where innovation comes from. After Stanley, we will hear from Al, who graciously said I could call him Al because no American can pronounce his name. Al is from the Foundation for Agrarian Innovation, or FIA. Al has had a long career in both the public and private sector and has some great insights on the power of plant breeding and Chile's adaptation to climate change. First, Stanley. Okay, uh, the Agricultural Research Institute of Chile is the institution, the government institution that make uh, or is in charge of the research in agriculture uh, and forestry in Chile. Uh, we have a, a part of our uh, resources are coming from the government and another part coming from the private sector. In Chile, we have a mix. Uh, it's not just the government that gives the resources for the research. Ah. Uh, each money that the government puts, there must be some money for the uh, private sector. Uh, and, and the research, with that, you made the research more close to the necessities of the sector. Uh, and this is the way that we, we work in here. Uh, and our mission is related to, to maintain the sustainability of the agricultural sector and improve the incomes of the people in the different stage. You know, the big farmers, medium farmers, and the small farmers that sometimes they, they need more help uh, in, in the area of research, maybe it's in the happy part, but in the, in, in the area of the technology transfer that maybe is in the, in the, in the lower part of the, the producers. Related with myself, I'm a, I study agronomies as a base, and after made my master and a PhD in agriculture engineering, in bioresources and agricultural engineering, 
uh, it was in US, uh, and after came here and I started to running all the research related with the precision farming. That it was the first wave of the technology that we have in, around the world, uh, and, and 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 this opened all the different things related to the technologies. But it was a little lack in the connection with the real life of the of the real world in the agriculture. And this, I think, in the last five or maybe a little more uh, years, uh, everything changed into the uh, agriculture for, for zero that is more related to the uh, artificial intelligence, uh, put more knowledge in the analyze of this all this data that you get from the technologies, machinery, and, and all these things that they, they were coming from the precision farming and pulling down into the connection to the uh, user experience. Uh, the farmers and the companies, uh, the lack or the, the, the distance between the actual knowledge and the farmers is huge. That you need to see how you can pull down all this technology into the the possibilities of the farmer to, to use. This start to change and, and with the coronavirus, related to what we're doing here, uh, the connection, the communication through the, uh, the, the internet or all the, the ICTs that they are involved today with the, the, the necessities for the coronavirus that you cannot go to the fields and many things like that, mm -hmm. made the uh, increase in the in the advances in the technology or, or the as, as, uh, to accept by the farmers and company to start to change, mm -hmm. and this is to open other things like the traceabilities and new regulation and new things that is not coming from the different sector. In Chile, as uh, we are uh, a country in which our agriculture is more supported by the fruit production and Wine production, I'm sure you are already drinking Chilean wines. Mm -hmm. uh, this is our big business as a, a agriculture. Traditional crops or cattle or this kind of thing, they are not big in Chile. It's just for something for us. And we have a big, big, big countries like Argentina, Brazil, that they are next to us, that they, we cannot compete, like in, in, in wheat or in corn or in sugar and cattle or other things. That the, this area is to maintain us in, 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 in Chile, but our big business is related with fruit production and wineries. And in these areas, uh, we need to improve the quality, the safety issues related with the production, maintain the environment, many things that the, uh, the commercial area start to searching in the in this kind of problem. So how do you work actually with the producers? Like do you have seminars or do you go out and with when it's not COVID, do you go out and visit the farm or do you have projects that you set up? What's the interaction? Exactly the interaction between the, the companies is we working with really close connection with the companies. Companies see the problem that they have related with some whatever issue, irrigation, fertility, or whatever, uh, they coming to us, we start to talking to see the 
possibilities of solution, and we apply for a grant that is related with money from the government and money from the companies. And we work with them. And after uh, getting the solution, we open through the seminars and uh, technical, uh, technical uh, technology transfer on fields, on uh, uh, indoors, and we start to make uh, a really connection with the companies, company, service companies too, because finally the, the, the producers or the company that produce something, they, they want a service. They want something that maintain the, the system in, in, by the time that we start to working as an institution with this company in order to support and increase and develop a new, new area of business that is the technology business to support uh, the, the company. I mean, in, in my institution, I am the national director in the agriculture, uh, digital agriculture for sale. Everything that is related with the electronic, informatic, or whatever uh, in, in Chile, I'm in charge of that. And we have different, 12 different centers around, you know, Chile is pretty long. Yeah. We have from area with ice until areas that is the biggest desert in the world. <laughs> that is a quite big differences in weather in which each area create an environment of development or of the producers that is different in the north and in the south. That they, we have different stations connecting with these uh, companies and I start to develop a, a new technology and make technology transfer to them with the universities time, with the, the service company, try to create the support and uh, push up the, the, the startups in this kind of things. So where does the technology come from? Is you mentioned universities, does some of it come out of universities or are they companies that are being um, companies in Chile or is it technology out of the country? Where, where does the technology come from? What we start to see, and I think it's all around the world, uh, uh, private companies, service company, there are so many development of uh, the, the capacities, like a PhD degrees and people that they, they are in the market right now, not like in the past that they were just in, in the universities or these kind of centers. That today there are a lot of research that is making in, into the companies too. Uh, and and uh, in, in this area that is more related with the, the, the technical things, sometimes they, they know the electronic or the informatic, this kind of thing, but they not, doesn't have the connection with the real world in the, in the field, mm -hmm. the agronomic part. Yep. You know? And in this case, we start to working with them too in order to get an advances in, in this area. And this happened and is coming from the Chilean companies that they start to create and as well that uh, coming from outside, from Chile, to Chile uh, through the some dealers. Uh, uh, that they start to try to sell this kind of uh, technology, but uh, sometimes it's difficult because uh, one of the problems that we found with the, the digitalization of the agriculture is there are different components. You know, you have the company for irrigation, you have the company for fertility, you have different companies. And sometimes the, the interoperation of those components is not that good. And a company, for example, if I were a vineyard, 
I want to have just one thing in which I can see everything. Yeah. Uh, and this simple operation start to cre- start to create not just in Chile, I think in US and Europe or in, in different areas that the the, the development start to create it with a connection with, through the APIs uh, to get this uh, uh, interoperation through the different system. And if you see a little high, you start to see big companies like Google with the Google engine, uh, you, you see IBM and, uh, with their system, they start to create this environment, an uh, interoperated environment that they start to combine different things. And, and, and this is what we're talking around now, because with that amount of the information, you start to create artificial intelligence. You start to create a, 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 a intelligence for the data to create a specific things. And, and, and this is what we are in right now, I think, all around the world. Yeah. So what areas of research and solution development needs more work? Do you think it's around this area of artificial intelligence and, and data analysis? Is that the most important thing? I think the most important things, it's not that in the area of the technology the development, it's in this training. We, we, we are a lack of people that understood as a user. Uh, uh, Sometimes you have technology, but the, the final users doesn't know nothing about this. It's like yeah. a Chinese Mandarin, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it is in this area, I think the, the, the technology transfer or the, the, the structure of the careers that we have are not get the evolution that they should have. Because they are not the market, and it's, the market is in there, but it's, it's growing. It's not big enough to make the change into the universities or, or the or the institution to create a new uh, issue. You have a very interesting career. I want to hear about your current role at FIA, and I also want to talk a bit about your years with DuPont and all the technology you have seen over the years in the country. First, please tell us a bit about yourself and your career, including your work at FIA. Okay, Bonnie, thank you very much. My name is Alvaro Eizaguirre. I'm working as Executive Director at the Foundation of Agrarian Innovation at the Ministry of Agriculture of Chile. I have been here since uh, March 2018. And prior to that, I I spent many years, I did most of my career was at Pioneer DuPont. I was there for 29 years. So how has technology changed agriculture over the decades that you have been involved in Chile? Well, it has been great to see all the changes. It has been really a huge change when it comes to technologies and, and, and agriculture. I had the, the luck of, be, of being working for DuPont Pioneer for those 29 years. I started on research, so it was basically plant breeding and, and ah. later on all the biotech technologies. I, I was working on that. It was quite, quite exciting. Later on, I moved into the supply management area, which was also a very interesting area on the seed production. And and later on, I ended working on the business, responsible for the business in Chile, Peru, and Bolivia. The technologies I saw over my career with Pioneer was amazing. Not only uh, as part of Pioneer, uh, which is, of course, a leading company 
today is called Corteva, at that time Pioneer uh, at DuPont. And this company really uh, gave Chile and, and other countries of the world top breeding materials, which really impact the world, the food security when it comes to high yields, you know, resistant to diseases and things like those. So, but when you think about overall, I mean, biotech was really, really important. Plant genetics, very important. And when it comes today, you know, when when we talk about Ag4.0, you know, Ag4.0 is today a reality here in Chile as it does in other countries. It's probably one of the most challenging uh, things on agriculture today in which some countries can go faster than others. However, no matter where you are located in the, in the, in the agriculture chain, uh, you can be a small farmers and you have a lot, a big range of opportunities to use this Ag 4.0. Or if you are really a top-notch farmer, you can also have, there's always a gap. There's always a technological gap, which makes this very exciting. I mean, the integration of technologies that today we can see after, as I mentioned, you know, in, in, in all my years working on agriculture, I have seen a lot of very, very interesting development, you know, when it comes to uh, mechanics, uh, automation, uh, later on uh, the, the, the precision farming and, and all those things really uh, added value to the process, to the proactivity of this uh, activity. And, and today I would say that it's really, really amazing all what uh, artificial intelligence brings, how you can integrate the information. I mean, we are operating today with big data. I mean, big data is a tremendous source of quality information that allows uh, the, the, through the, the um, artificial intelligence, you know, to come out with a precise and accurate information for decision making. And, and that's something that we think that agriculture is working with uh, living uh, 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 plants and, and animals, you know, all the growth of an animal or a plant, you know, is, is related to many, many factors. You have temperatures, you have the nutrition, you have a lot of things, which if you integrate all this, you get the perfect formula on what is needed to really achieve the, the expectation. And on the other hand, use the right resources. Now, today we know climate change is putting tremendous challenges on, on people, and we need to use the resources in the best way. We cannot go and utilize things uh, like they were, you know, uh, abundant. That are, today, if we think about water, a warm change, uh, climate change, you know, is really, really affecting. And if we think about our case, in particular in Chile, Chile is one of the countries worldwide that is suffering the, the, the most or is the most affected by this challenge. Chile has seven out of the nine elements that the United Nations has defined as uh, uh, elements that, that makes a, a, a country vulnerable. So we are vulnerable uh, uh, among the, this, the climate change. And we are seeing, I mean, we have faced a bad, bad drought, a long drought, more than 15 years in which we have not seen the rains that we, we were used to. Uh, and, and that's impacting agriculture, it's impacting the farmers on their decisions. Uh, some farmers are not able to keep doing what they have done over years. Other farmers, if we see the half glass full, we have tremendous opportunity. We, at our foundation in which 
we are devoted to promote and work on innovation, well, we take climate change as a big and exciting challenge. We foresee the opportunities to do agriculture or, or plant uh, crops, for example, on areas that never, ever before you would thought about it. And we are producing almonds, you know, in very southern Chile, we're producing wine in Patagonia, and we're doing a lot of very exciting things, taking advantage of this challenge that can be terrible for many farmers, but on the other hand, it offers opportunities. Yeah, and that's growing those crops in different places really is important than to have the technology that you were talking about in um, Ag 4.0, where you are gathering the data and you're understanding what's happening with the temperature and the water and, and all of that information. So that that is, re- I, I hadn't thought of that, but that's very smart that you're now saying, okay, climate change is happening. It's happening to us. And we have this information and this data that we can use to help us determine where we can grow different crops and and kind of move with climate change because you can't completely stop it. So that that's really, that's, that's very interesting. Um, so that, my next question is what has been the most surprising to you that that's what's surprising to me, <laughs> but, but what's, what has been something that like you didn't expect would happen or, you know, you couldn't have predicted early on in your career that's happening now. Well, all my life I have uh, enjoyed and, 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 and I have been quite impressed about many, many changes from very basic farm activities up to high technology things. I mean, we, we think about what communication means, what means to, to carry an intelligent mobile on, on, on your pocket, you know, and, and you have access to all the information while you are working your corn out in the field. And, and, and that was quite exciting when I was starting with, with Pioneer and doing all the plant breeding, I was taking notes out in, out in the field with my laptop and I was able, you know, on the shade of a tree, you know, to send all this data to the US. And I'm talking about uh, quite a time ago. Uh, so all these changes have been quite exciting. Uh, exciting. To me, I would say today, and probably because I'm thinking on the future, but, but enjoying the present, uh, yeah. To me, Agro 4.0 uh, has been the most surprising thing. I mean, when, when we consider this integration of data coming from these sensors, recording the temperature, the air, the soil, and then putting together that uh, with satellite and drone images, and on top of that, you get other elements, and you do know from science what a plant or an animal requires to grow in the most efficient and effective way, that's really exciting. And, 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 and we see today a lot of things that are going on. And at the same time, you know, the, the future, it, it's amazing. Uh, something that, that is very, very important, uh, that it, part of this integration that also excites me a lot, Chile, Chile produces a lot of fruits, you know, a lot of food, and we are helping feeding the world from being a very small country. However, when it comes to food production, we feel very proud about it. Uh, and one of the things that also, besides the, the, the nice weather and, and the so broad different, uh, I mean, our territory is so broad. We are very short, skinny, slim country. However, that allow us also to be in, in, a, in a very broad range of, 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 I mean, a big distance. Now, uh, something that is also a, uh, a, a particular uh, condition from Chile 
is our light. The sunlight we get here, uh, compared to other countries, we do not get any rain at all during the spring and summertime, for example. So most days are clear skies, and compared to other countries of the world, in the world, it's really a benefit. Now that allows Chile not only to produce good and healthy uh, food and, and fruits, etc., but also to take advantage of the sun energy. I mean, solar panels are the future in Chile. Chile has tremendous, Chile has the driest and uh, one of the largest desert on the world. And that land is not good for, for farming today. There are opportunities. However, it's a tremendous opportunity to generate this sunlight, I mean, this energy from sunlight. So when we integrate this energy, so low cost energy, together with such a long coast, you know, Chile has 5,000 kilometers of coast, uh, and we have all that ocean there, we have all that water there. So uh, we are suffering from this drought and we have the ocean there. So there is water, not the quality water we need for irrigating. However, today you can work on that water and have reasonable water for farming or good quality water for people. Uh, so, and, and what's the limit there? I mean, the, 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 the limitation on that uh, water production coming from the ocean is energy. But that energy, on the other hand, is becoming cheaper and cheaper. Uh, mm -hmm. Today, solar panels, you know, allow you to, to be very competitive. So th that opens a tremendous, tremendous opportunity for a, a country like Chile. So my last question is around um, public and private sector. So you've worked both in the public and the private sector. What role does and should government play in technology development and adoption in ag? And then what role should the private sector play? And, and how does that kind of work in Chile today? I feel very lucky, very, very blessed to have had the chance to work on the private industry first and on the public sector later. I was able to learn and I have been able to learn and today I enjoy every day what I'm doing and, and to learn from, from the differences and, and things that we do have in common. And, and I would say that overall the, the big change, I mean, the, the big challenge that is required here is to work together. The mm. public sector has a lot to offer and we have great people, you know, has resources, has experience, has a lot of things. And on the other hand, private sector can contribute with other elements. Now, you put both together and you get a tremendous synergy. I mean, all the big challenges that we have when it comes to water management, when it comes to food security, we cannot do it alone. I mean, no matter how big your company, your private industry is, you are not able to accomplish the, I mean, fight this uh, challenge. And on the other hand, the governments alone cannot do it. So there's tremendous opportunities. And, and that's a very optimistic and positive message. Uh, I mean, together we can absolutely produce much more. After hearing from the private sector, we will now hear from Gaston Dusselin Benician from Capta Hydro, a company that designs, develops, and markets innovative technologies to improve water distribution in irrigation canal networks. Gaston is a classic serial entrepreneur, and it's fascinating to hear his journey in Chile to tackle two of the biggest issues, water and labor. So my name is Gaston Sayat. Um, I'm one of the co-founders of Capta Hydro. 
And well, Captahydro is a, a water technology startup that we're dedicated to the development of Internet of Things solutions for surface water management. And basically, what we're trying to do is to have a much more adaptable modular depth-resisting hardware devices that allow our customers to think in hundreds or thousands of devices installed in their infrastructure, and also software that really helps them solve their, their water challenges. So what are the problems that you're trying to solve for your customers with the, the technology you've developed? Thanks. So first, it's, it's helpful to, to think we, we have two main customer segments. One is um, the surface water distribution organizations that in California, you know them as uh, the river districts or an irrigation districts. And on the other hand, we have any organization that uses surface water that can be uh, well, farms and agribusiness, uh, hydropower companies, utilities, industrial users. And the problem that we're trying to solve for them is uh, it's basically the, the low efficiency, precision, and really low flexibility of the current uh, surface water distribution infrastructure, which can account for thousands of lost acre foot per year. And nobody really knows where those losses are and how much they are and, huh. and how to solve them, right? Um, the thing is that lots of these losses come from management problems. It's not only a seepage or, or well, evaporation, but really that they could be solved with IoT solutions that allow you to monitor in real time um, the water flows and also to control them in real time. So, well, this problem for many years, it wasn't really such a problem where we had more water and, and, less, and less water demand. But as you know, well, both here in Chile and in California, because of climate change, we have increasing drought. We have um, much higher water demand, particularly from, from more permanent crops mm. that demand like a, a, a better a water security. And, and also, well, there's also environmental regulations that, uh, that are, are okay because when we need the rivers to have, to have water, but all of this has resulted in, in much higher prices for water as of what we have seen in California this year. And, and those are prices that really jeopardize the future of, 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 well, of some economic activities, um, especially for agriculture. So, so it's an important problem to solve, like to try to recover these these lost volumes, and, and we think that this is one of the most efficient ways to do it. And what countries are you working in? Are you you're in Chile? Are you in other countries as well? Yeah, so we we are mainly in Chile. We are we are also working um, in Mexico. We have a, a pilot project in Baja California, New Mexicali, yeah. and also plans to to do like a really a a rollout for of many pilots in different uh, places of Mexico. And also uh, I'm, I'm trying to do um, our first pilots in, in California this irrigation season. Uh, we're supported by, by the Valley Ventures Accelerator in Fresno State University. So uh -huh. through them, we also we're, we're, we have spoken with some irrigation districts and, and trying really to, to understand where like the specific problems uh, in California and, and to adapt our solutions to to offer them uh, this year and next year, sorry. So when you say pilot projects, are those projects that you support and fund or what, what makes a pilot project as opposed to a paid project? 
Yeah, so so we we understand that most of our customers know other solutions, so they will will be a bit skeptic and they want to know, okay, so what's different? So our our telemetry device for 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 surface water has a lot of differences, and, and one of them is that it's really easy to install. I mean, uh, and to transport, and it's very modular, so we can send it, and it's. Uh, through through flight uh, shipping and, and the customer can install it by basically by himself and a couple of operators. So that's that flexibility allows us to allows us to offer these pilots like in a in a very uh, practical and and for almost no cost for the customer. Um, and we are willing for the for the first ones to do them without cost for the device and only to pay for the shipping. So. So it's part of our of our entry to the market. Yeah. So how many projects total do you have going on in in uh, these different areas? Okay. So so in mainly in Chile we have um, around 120 devices installed. Uh, they vary from well uh, uh, floodgate uh, or canal gate automation and also to telemetry devices. Uh, they have different models. They some measure water height, others measure water flow directly. We also have some groundwater telemetry that's some more like a complementary business. But uh, we are expecting a high growth uh, this year and next, probably to reach uh, around uh, a thousand devices in, a, in, a, in the next couple of years. So turning a little bit to your background, I was reading up on you and it says, uh, I read that you founded uh, a number of other companies that have been in software and mining and, and different industries. What got you interested in irrigation and, and looking at solving problems in agriculture and water? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for the question, Bonnie. So, so really, I, well, I'm 32. Uh, I've been an entrepreneur basically the, the last 10 years. And honestly, it was more... Uh, luck that I got into water and I'm happy it was that way. Uh, I started with this software for retail. It really didn't, didn't really like it. I mean, I, it was just like to make, I don't know, retailers like richer. <laughs> and then, and then the, the mining was, was kind of like a year, but I also didn't really like that much the industry. And, and I got into, into water really by, by, uh, it was pure luck because we 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 started the company as a as a techno, as an energy technology company for for micro hydropower and the idea was to do like hydrokinetic turbines for artificial canals and we had we were two years into the the business we had some pilots but we were talking like constantly to irrigation districts river river districts sending and 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 we realized that like energy generation was not their main priority it was like Number one, two, and three was water distribution. And we started like to get into, to understand the problems. And we realized that like one of the important solutions that could be this IoT uh, monitoring and control devices, like there were so much need and there was there was this big gap between the amount of devices that were needed and the ones that the ones were installed, you know, because of cost, vandalism, adaptability, well, a series of issues. And that's where we decided to basically pivot the company 100%. It was like uh, three years ago into irrigation management and water management uh, solutions. 
So one of the things I'm trying to do with these um, podcasts and, and looking at different countries is looking at what's the ecosystem like there and what it's like to actually start companies there. And so was you may not have a, a comparison, but was it difficult to start your company in Chile? And how did you get funding and kind of how did you get started? Yeah, so so I think to start was, wasn't that difficult because in Chile we have lots of... Uh, like a pre-seed uh, subsidies for, especially for innovative and technology-based companies. But what was really a challenge is once you already spend those subsidies, is was was to get the, the further funding, you know, to, to for that initial growth, you know, before our, our break-even that we're reaching this year. So so that was a, a big challenge. We were lucky to to have some angel investors friends and family mainly oh. um, and also well we we, we we had some debt you know between the partners that we were able to to get but but we are, we we realized that that's not necessarily the situation of, mo- of most uh, Chilean entrepreneurs I mean many many get into this like kind of uh, funding uh, gap that they don't know angel investors like angel investing is not really like a uh, such a common activity here uh, between uh, wealthy people. I mean, they, they prefer many times to invest in their own companies more than in someone else's. Mm. So, so that's a challenge. And also, and then, and the next stage for, for us now is to, is to raise our series A. Um, and, and really, we're, we're, even though we're, we are, we will talk with you know, obviously Chilean investors, we're also looking outside uh, Chile. We, we, are, we will talk with Mexican also North American, I mean, uh, American um, investors, you know, to see, because what we're trying to solve is really like a, a global problem and, and obviously not limited to, to Chile. Yeah, yeah. So are there a lot of startup companies in Chile that are focused on agriculture or is that not a growing segment as much? Yeah, it is It is a, a growing segment. I think, um, in fact, there, there are a couple that, that, are, that come to mind Right now, the couple that, that are doing quite well in California, in fact, uh, one with water management, water filtration, that's a biofiltro, and other with a precision agriculture is Wisecon. Um, and those already have done some good inroads for us that we're kind of like falling behind. And also the, the agricultural sector in Chile has grown so much in the last, I would say, last 20 years. I mean, uh, Fruit exporting is now one of the main businesses, uh, main exporting business industries in Chile. Uh, particularly cherries, I think they're growing like 30% a year every year and sending wow, them to China. Yeah. And it's almost a $2 billion a year business now. And, and But all this growth has its challenges, right? And, and one of the main challenges is probably water management, right? Uh, that's kind of the, the big limitation to, to keep on growing the production. and. And lots of startups have have tried to develop solutions at, at different stages of the of the water needs of uh, of, of well, agricultural businesses. Yeah, I was um, somebody interviewed me yesterday for a podcast I was on, and and he asked me what yeah. I thought the two biggest challenges were, and I said labor and water, and those are two yeah, things. I, I, I don't work on as much, but I think those are the two big challenges. Yeah, I, I was I was gonna say labor has a has a second big challenge, and, and it was really exacerbated this year by by COVID, you know, and obviously immigration restrictions, and I will 
so so yeah, that's a, another big uh, opportunity. I think lots of uh, startups are focused on trying to solve and automate uh, some some jobs, and and in fact, it's kind of what we're doing, right? So when we install a, a telemetry device or when we install a, a gate automation device, really what we're doing is automating a, a really like mundane task that uh, a person had to go and like visually look once a day how much water there was and or operate the gate, right? And so it's um, it, everything is trending to that, right? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I think we've seen a lot of change in COVID where people didn't want to rely on technology. They would just, the even if they had technology, they're like, oh, I'm just going to go look, you know? Yeah, and now sense. since we can't move around so much, you know, I've seen better adoption where people are actually willing to look at the data and the, and the data is often better or the task is actually done better by, by, um, by sensors and by information, yeah, yeah, than yeah. than actually doing it yourself. So that that may that may of all the horrible things around COVID, that might be a good thing that comes out of it, you know. Yeah. It was great to learn about the produce industry in Chile in this episode. Chile's public and private investment in fruit production is why we here in the U.S. are able to eat many fruits year-round. Partnerships between innovation companies, the state, and venture capitalists have provided great technical advances in the country and results in me getting to eat blueberries all year. That's it for this episode of PMA Takes on Tech. Thanks for allowing us to serve as your guide to the new world of produce and technology. Be sure to check out all our episodes at pma.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, and I would love to get any comments or suggestions of what you might want me to take on. For now, stay safe, eat your fruits and vegetables, and we will see you next time.